Take back your soul. This is another transmission from Mahadeva here at ThunderWizard.com headquarters, where you find the world's only unified spiritual energy system at ThunderWizard.com. Get ready, because here I come. Yes, indeed, here I come. This is Mahadeva the Thunder Wizard, and it's day two of my most recent YouTube blocking scenario. And so I will not be silenced. So I am uh, doing podcasts and it is my plan to continue to diversify with podcasts. Today we're going to be talking about the Nazi, not the Nazi party, but because the Nazi party was just one political party. But the actual people who were responsible for what the Nazi party did. And while the political party, which we know as the Nazi party, the National Socialist Party of World War II Germany, even though technically that political party is no more, and the racist policies that they used to uh, promote themselves is no more. The actual people, the organizations and the corporations that were responsible for what the, and financed and, and controlled the Nazi party, that conglomerate still exists today and I'm going to be talking to you about that and how it is still now controlling us and has now in the last two years especially launched a huge worldwide uh, domination campaign through the same corporations uh, and the same types of corporations that they inhabited way back in 1925. So, yeah, so I'm diversifying and uh, I was, I was uh, cut off from YouTube uh, for a week for uh, medical misinformation, yet I wasn't told exactly what I said. This is the second time. I've been blocked four times. First time was for making a, a bonehead mistake having to do with, um, you know, using somebody else's material, which that I'm not too upset about. I made a bonehead mistake. Uh, the second time I was blocked, this was before the lockdown, the whole COVID nonsense, was supposedly for harass harassment because I had said something negative about the religion of Christianity, and um, I'm quite certain that somebody had reported me. There's, there is a somebody who suffers from a very severe, ment uh, a severe mental illness, um, who has been targeting me for the past couple of years and has been actively trying to get me shut down. And every now and then, um, they're successful. So they've they've been successful twice now. And so I'm quite certain this person is listening to every single one of my videos and scouring it and probably complaining about me on a regular basis. But, you know, when there's something that YouTube thinks that um, they find, uh, you know, worthy of censorship, they'll block me. So nothing I can do about that person, although I'm pretty sure I know who it is and I could expose them and cause them at the very least, some personal grief. Um, I'm not going to do that because I have too much to lose. And it doesn't, doesn't help me. It doesn't help my business or help my message. So I'm on here, um, again, um, you don't want to hear about all this probably, but it's helpful for me to get it off my chest. So the great thing about it is that it's got me furious and all it does, instead of getting me to back down, I start going uh, stronger into, okay, what can I do to diversify and not have YouTube have this much control over me? So 
As you may know, maybe you haven't if you, if you haven't been watching my YouTube channel, but in September of 2021, I had a massive red pill event. I would have hated using that word before, but I think it's fairly accurate. I had a red pill event where I became aware that I was not living in the world that I believed I was living in. And I came to realize that and now we're going to see how free podcasting is because I'm going to podcast freely without any filters and we'll see if uh, I get banned. I mean, I don't have anything at this point to lose because I don't have a huge business associated from podcasting. And um, so I'm going to find out how how well are, you know, uh, how bad is the censorship? So uh, in September... Um, I had been in Queensland, Australia, which had been completely blocked off from the whole world. They blocked off all foreign uh, travelers to Queensland. They also blocked off the borders so that uh, nobody from neighboring parts of Australia, like New South Wales, uh, where they had COVID, none of those people were allowed in for various, you know, during various times during this entire two and a half years of lockdown. And I was living in the Sunshine Coast of Australia, blissfully ignorant. It was wonderful because no tourists were coming, not even um, a whole lot of tourists from Australia were coming. And so I had the most beautiful vacation experience living in a first world country and living in a beautiful three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-story house in the rainforest uh, on the cliffs above the ocean. I could walk down to the beach or walk down to a private nude beach or I could drive to Noosa National Park and surf, you know, empty, beautiful beaches all by my... I mean, it was just amazing. Uh, clearly, the, the most wonderful parody of my life, the most absolute fulfillment and fun that I had, um, generally speaking. And um, so I was ignorant of all this. Uh, I knew that things were going on in the United States and the rest of the world, and there was lockdowns and all that, and I didn't care. I had just enough information to not know anything at all whatsoever. And I'm not by nature a conspiracy theorist, unless... I see that there is a conspiracy. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with the word conspiracy or conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorist. Um, it is used negatively, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with the word. Conspiracy means that, that two or more people are conspiring to accomplish something. Whether that's positive or negative, it usually means that somebody is conspiring to do something negative and usually through deceptive and nefarious means. So um, I came to realize that there was a huge worldwide conspiracy that uh, involved governments, that involved uh, big pharma, big tech, and um, that it was actively being employed uh, in really dangerous ways. Um, which I'll explain in a second. So I became aware of this conspiracy, and I am a conspiracy theorist. So I, now I have lots of theories, which I'm going to may delve into today, but there's also conspiracy fact. And the truth of the matter is, is that we do live in a world now that has been completely taken over and ruled by corporate conglomerates that are multinational, and that basically, not basically, they own the world, literally. They own all of the money. They own all of the governments to uh, some degree or other. It's impossible not to be affected by them. They control media, which, like I said, we'll find out if I get um, censored for this. They control um, YouTube. They control all mainstream media. And um, I was unaware of this. Part of partially is because of my age. I'm 58. So I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and things were very different back then. Doesn't mean that these 
forces weren't there, but they didn't control media the way they do now. You know, the, the, uh, the, you know, the whole idea of Watergate and Deep Throat, that could never happen today. You will never, ever again, unless some, there's some major shift in the world, you will never again see any mainstream, large media uh, organization, news organization, um, you know, pointing out any corruption in high levels of government. It's never going to happen again. Um, but back then in the 70s, uh, TV stations and uh, newspapers they were fighting for their own business. They were independent. And so they were competing with each other to see who could get the most scandalous information, you know, because things like, you know, government corruption is, is huge for, you know, newspaper sales. You know, back then you had to go and get a newspaper out of the little thing, you know, the, you know, put a quarter in and get a newspaper out of the, you know, whatever, have it delivered. And you could watch one uh, news station and they would break some exclusive story and then some other news station and and you know whenever you watched anything political it was it was the law that you had to have both parties represented so if somebody was going to was going to have a commentary uh, some about something political some political opinion for instance if the whole vaccine scenario was going on back in the 70s you would have seen uh, lots of television stations and lots of news stations and lots of um, newspapers reporting on all of the vaccine deaths and adverse events. You would have had all kinds of, you know, all the doctors and scientists now that are being silenced, they would have had a voice and there would have been this competing, um, you, you know, which is the whole idea of, of media. There would have been this com competition of examination of facts and uh, information. And that can never happen again today. Now, I was clueless about all this simply because I just hadn't been paying attention because it hadn't hit me personally yet. And while I still think many of the conspiracy theorists out there, uh, as I've said previously, a lot of them are right for the wrong reasons, um, uh, you know, I was wrong for the right reasons, um, but now um, I'm right for the right reasons. There are still people who are right for the wrong reasons. And then those people who are conspiracy theorists, there are still many of those who are also wrong for the wrong reasons. You know, many who think, for, for instance, that uh, anyway, I could come up with nonsense, but I'm not going to. Um, so uh, what happened with me is that in September, um, the pressure for me to get vaccinated was starting to increase because it became clear that the borders were going to open. And what was happening in Australia and in Queensland, where there wasn't any COVID, there was literally no need to get vaccinated. So I didn't because in the beginning, you actually heard in mainstream media about people being seriously injured and dying from the vaccinations that stopped pretty quickly but in the very beginning you had stories of people getting very sick and dying and in fact it was on the news stations and my first uh video that was blocked and i got blocked for at least a week i can't remember how long it was it was because i actually took from youtube one of the videos that was on YouTube from one of the news stations, and I replayed it. Simply by replaying that, somebody who had been seriously damaged by the vaccine uh, very early on, simply because I played that without even saying, you know, in fact, I sarcastically said, go out and get vaccinated, here's why. Um, it was obvious that just because I had played that very damaging video, which was still on YouTube, uh, and somebody reported me, I'm certain of it, because somebody reported me, I got blocked. 
Um, but I, the pressure way back there um, throughout that whole time was was growing, and there was no need for me to do anything about it. I knew that there was some danger. I didn't know how badly. I started thinking seriously about getting vaccinated, and it's only because I wanted to stay in Australia, and I knew that eventually it was going to become impossible for me to stay there as uh, somebody on a visa that was going to expire if I didn't comply with you know, what that government wanted. And um, I was I was vaccine hesitant. I had my instinct was telling me there's something very, you know, scary about this. Um, and of course, I was only getting mainstream media, so I wasn't hearing anything. And everybody I knew around me was getting vaccinated. In fact, now Australia is like 90 something percent vaccinated. And it's crazy because now they're considering COVID mandates and lockdowns and everybody's vaccinated. There's literally nothing else that they can do, you know, according to their knowledge, to protect themselves. And they're, you know, what's the point of of vaccinate? What's the point of of masks and uh, lockdowns and all that if you're already vaccinated? And the, you know, the disease is spreading, you know, uh, like wildfire. What's the point of any of that? Anyway, so. This is back in September, and uh, we're getting the news that they plan on opening the borders once they reach a certain vaccination level. And so I started thinking I didn't want to get vaccinated. I was afraid of COVID because of what I had heard. And um, I thought about, uh, you know, getting vaccinated. And I wanted I was planning on getting the Novavax vaccine, which is very interesting that it took this long. I mean, you haven't even heard about it. Novavax is available but you haven't heard about it. And we could talk about that, but that's a whole other story. So um, wanting to do my due diligence because I had friends in the United States who had been living with COVID and uh, with vaccinations, I talked to, I think, 10 people, at least 10 people, and asked them a couple of questions. I asked them, have you been vaccinated? If so, which kind and what was your experience? And my other questions were, do you know anybody that's been vaccinated and had a negative side effect? The first question didn't result in a lot because strangely, I guess maybe the group of people I was talking to, the majority of them were not vaccinated. One or two of them had been and they hadn't had a problem. Um, one guy had COVID and had long COVID and then got vaccinated, and that seemed to help his long COVID, at least in the short term. I don't know what it's doing for him now. And um, then, um, the, so the real problem came with people when I asked, have you known anybody who's been vaccinated and had a negative side effect? And that, just from the small group of people I asked, I was deluged with stories of deaths and serious uh, permanent injuries. Um, some, uh, in, some weren't permanent, but things like Bell's palsy for nine months um, and um, Guillain-Barre syndrome and uh, multiple deaths, people uh, dying literally the same day that they got the second vaccine from heart disease. Uh, kidney failure. Um, I heard about one woman who, you know, she just dropped dead. And, and when they did an autopsy, all of her internal organs or some of them had been just shredded from the inside out. I heard this and I went, holy crap, that doesn't sound like a worthwhile risk. I was, you know, I, I really wanted to be convinced. I actually asked these people in the hopes that they would tell me that it was safe, you've got nothing to worry about. And I could tell myself, well, the percentage of vaccine injuries was probably so low that I had nothing to worry about. And so when I looked at that, just from you know the percentage of the people that I talked to that, you know, and these are people who knew, like my friend uh, died or my friend had Bell's palsy or my friend's dad died from a heart attack or my friend almost died from a heart attack. You know, these are people that I knew and they physically, you know, they were one, it was only two degrees of separation. Me, 
my friends, and then their your personal uh, social contacts. And so that was enough for me to go, holy crap, this doesn't sound like a good idea. And now I didn't know what to do because I was afraid of COVID. I knew it was coming to Australia and I didn't want to go back to the States because, you know, I didn't know that there was a, that there was protection from COVID and I, I was afraid of COVID. So um, then somebody had mentioned, of course, I had heard about hydroxychloroquine and I had been gaslit out of that. And I bought into that, that hydroxychloroquine didn't work because Trump was pro hydroxychloroquine. And, um, you know, even though at this point in time, I would take Trump over Biden any day, Trump is still a moron and an idiot. In fact, uh, Trump is double vaxxed and boosted and he thinks that the vaccines are a good idea just to let you know what an idiot he is. Um, but he's always been an idiot, even though he's a better choice because he, you know, stands as somebody who is, you know, works against uh, a lot of uh, the control that, um, you know, the current government is employing. He's still an idiot. So I was, uh, unfortunately, I had my own personal, my ignorance and my actual uh, correct bias teamed up and got me thinking that hydroxychloroquine was uh, was not a good prevention. Um, but somebody had mentioned ivermectin, and it was in passing, and it was somebody that I respected. It wasn't somebody trying to sell me on it, somebody who just mentioned it. And so being the person that I am, I never take anything at face value, and I always do my research, and I did just enough research, and it's very easy to find out, that ivermectin had been extremely successful as a cure and a prevention for COVID. And that wasn't the biggest revelation. My first thought was, oh, cool. There's this off-label prescription. Maybe the, a lot of people don't know about it and um, it seems to be really effective until I found out that um, that the company that invented uh, or that first um, uh, manufactured ivermectin, Merck, no longer held a patent on it, and uh, they had come out against it. And uh, that was, you know, it's understandable. They couldn't make any money, so they're bad-mouthing it. But then when I saw that the entire media, uh, I mean, in total, the entire media machine was not only not talking about ivermectin, but was misrepresenting it. And I learned about it just before the media started this uh, horse dewormer campaign. And by the way, I'm very grateful for um, horse dewormer because when I was unable to get um, ivermectin as a uh, as a, an actual uh, medicine, I was able to get through Amazon in Australia. I was able to get. Uh, ivermectin, a horse dewormer, and I used it um, quite a bit. I was able to get it through other means, but anyway, I won't get into that. Anyway, so um, then when I continued to dig, trying to understand what's going on, why, why I, I understand why big pharma is against ivermectin because there's no money in it for them, but why is everybody else out to destroy ivermectin? Why is the government of Australia uh, making it illegal to get ivermectin? Why is the CDC, the NIH, the World Health Organization, the American Medical Association, the Association of uh, American Pharmacists, uh, and um, all of the media, and why is everybody going so crazy trying to, and I, I remember saying they're going to make ivermectin illegal, and they made it illegal like the next week. I saw I I learned about it just in time to watch my you know my fears about it come true and so that opened me up to then do some research and long story short I've come to the conclusion that I'm in now which is that I do not live in a free society that the world is owned by um, extremely wealthy uh, conglomerates uh, multinational conglomerates they own all of the media and all you have to do is just to do a little bit of research and anybody can find this out to be true so that completely devastated me it was a huge life-changing experience and it, it devastated me but i had to accept the reality and so 
there I was in Australia, and uh, I was uh, at that point living in a in a in a, a beautiful fantasy world, but that world was going to come crashing down. And when I had heard when they were going to open up the borders and that between now and then they were on this campaign to get everybody vaccinated, everybody vaccinated, um, I knew that I was in trouble because uh, I wasn't going to get vaccinated. Not only was I not going to get vaccinated, I had now this uh, this off-label cure, which unfortunately I have just to, you know, fast forward a little bit. I do, uh, I am somebody who has had COVID and recovered, as is the case with m almost everybody, I would imagine. Um, and uh, although I do believe that ivermectin played a huge role in preventing me from getting worse symptoms, I still got it and I was sick for 10 days. I thought I was going to be bulletproof. Um, I wasn't. But the good news is, is that according to the CDC, which probably may have banned me for saying this because it goes against World Health Organization um, recommendations, which is the difference is, is there's a big difference between World Health Organization recommendations and medical, you know, truth. So speaking the truth, you know, as you know, is now medical misinformation. Um, but according to the CDC and most recent studies, anybody who has had COVID, especially if you've had Omicron, you are completely protected and the likelihood of anybody ever getting uh, Omicron uh, or COVID is virtually impossible. Perhaps not COVID because in case there's, you know, a new variant comes along, but in terms of getting any of the Omicron variants, it is literally virtually impossible to get it once you've had COVID and recovered. Uh, of course, you're not going to hear that. That may have been what got me banned for saying that, but that is something that the CDC has said, even though they won't admit to it. They have said that in their own uh, studies that they've released, which the average person can't understand. Um, so anyway, long story short, here I am, uh, red pilled. This was that was a that was a short. 27 minute um, explanation for where I'm going to go to next, which is we're going to talk about who the Nazis are and why they are still a force in controlling the world. So the, the Nazis are still here. They were not defeated in World War II. After World War II, the real Nazis were incorporated into allied governments as well as uh, still running the business of the world. And these are the people behind all of the corporate conglomerates. So let me tell you what a Nazi is. Remember, Nazi means national socialist. And socialism is a euphemism, although the idea of socialism sounds great, because it means, oh, we all get to take care of each other, you know, free, uh, med you know, we all pay in to get our own, uh, you know, our taxes go to pay for our um, our, our health care and for, you know, uh, all of our protections and our governments. And really, it's about protecting, you know, it's about protecting you and we're all the same and there's no rich and there's no poor and ev nobody's left behind. Everybody has a place to live. And that's, the, you know, the dream of socialism. Unfortunately, you know, now I'm 58 and I've had to work for a living. Um, it definitely, the idea definitely weakens people and makes them, it really damages them. But that's the, that's the dream of it. But the reality is, is that it's a tool used by incredibly rich and powerful people to control people and uh, use them for slave labor and uh, make as much money off of them as possible. And this has been the dream since uh, at least 1925. So the real Nazis are still here, and these are national socialists. Now we could say global socialists, uh, global uh, run by corporations. So the real Nazi party was not run by Hitler, and actually Hitler was recruited. So the real Nazi party was not about that. The real Nazi party actually was financed and controlled by a large uh, corporate conglomerate 
called IG Farben. And that conglomerate, even though it's not by that name, has morphed and is still here today. And it is running everything that is going on. So Nazis really weren't racists. Nazis are opportunists. And there was already existing uh, racial bias towards Jews. Now, if they had had uh, COVID uh, and um, if they had had COVID and vaccines, they would have used those. But they used what was available to them at the time, which was that there was a lot of uh, anti-Semitic, or at least you know considerable anti-Semitic uh, racism, and they were already scapegoating their loss in World War One to them, and so uh, this was just hijacked and used by them. In fact, there's an interesting story which I'll read to you about it, but. The Nazis were not defeated in World War II. The Nazi Party was defeated in World War II. And, you know, people who can who call themselves Nazis now, neo-Nazis, are idiots because they only think that Nazism was about, you know, getting rid of the Jewish threat. You know, they've, they've, they're so focused on race. And in fact, they are anti-corporate and anti-globalist, which is why neo-Nazis are shut down by the powers that be because... The neo-Nazis now that are anti-globalist, anti-socialist, um, that actually works against what the Nazis really want to do. And so that's one of the reasons why Nazis, neo-Nazis are censored. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not pro-neo-Nazi. There are a bunch of skinhead. Uh, I say that being a skinhead myself, being that I'm sh I got a shaved head. But... Um, they're a bunch of racist, uh, moronic idiots. End of story. Anybody who's a racist is an idiot. Period. End of story. Um, so the reason why these guys are not tolerated by uh, the local powers that be is because they aren't using the proper... They're not focused on uh, on minimizing the proper population because many neo-Nazis probably are anti-vax. <laughs> so that's that's anyway. So that's the the Nazis weren't defeated, and the Nazi Party were not the real uh, Nazis. And Nazis don't care who they exclude or who they target. They only care that they have power. And back then, it was anti-Jews and anti-whatever. you know whatever. And the truth of the matter is, is that the uh, modern civilized world at that time was m the majority of which were uh, Germanic and or, um, you know, white Europeans. So that fit very well with a, a tool that they could use to control the world which was to say that, um, you know, the Aryan race is uh, superior. And of course, they don't even know what the word Aryan really means, but that the white Germanic race is superior. And that's because the white Germanic people were, own, had own, were owning the world at that time. So it was a philosophy that worked for them, but it doesn't mean that that's what they believed. It doesn't mean that that was the core of it. The core of it was simple power and world domination. That's it. And they were happy to use whatever narrative served them. So at that time, the anti-Jewish, uh, you know, narrative, the you know the 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 Aryan nation narrative worked for them. But it doesn't work now. Now what works is anti, um, you know, anybody who's anti-vax, anybody who's who's quote anti-science. This is the, the new Jewish, you know, scourge that needs to be. And of course, I say Jewish in quotes, right? You understand that. Um, th that those of us who are not vaccinated can't be controlled, so we're the new threat. Um, so the, uh, the architects of the Nazi party uh, was a corporate conglomerate called IG Farben, which, as I said, still exists today. Let's take a look at that. I'm gonna, this is just from Wikipedia, and I've only just become aware of this because uh, somebody hipped me to it. 
So I'm just now here what you can look up IG Farben, the letters IG and then the word Farben, F-A-R-B-E-N. And uh, this is German for die indus, let's see, inters, it stands for Intersengemeinschaft Farbenindustrie AG. So that's German for Die Industry Syndicate Stock Corporation, commonly known as IG Farben. It was a German chemical and pharmaceutical conglomerate formed in 1925 from a merger of six chemical companies. BASF, Bayer, which is still around today, Hoekst, Agfa, Chemischk, Fabrik, Greishalm, Electron, and Chemischk, Fabrik, Worm. Um, Weller Termir, I guess that's a person, uh, I don't know, um, it was seized by the Allies after World War II and divided back into its constituent companies. So it never disappeared, it was just divided amongst the Allied people, uh, Allied nations. In its heyday, IG Farben was the largest company in Europe and the largest chemical and pharmaceutical company in the world. IG Farben scientists made fundamental contributions to all areas of chemistry and pharmaceutical industry. Otto Bayer, of Bayer Aspirin, discovered the poly addition for the synthesis of polyurethane in 1937. And three company scientists became Nobel laureates, Karl Bosch, Friedrich Bergius in 1931, for their contributions to the invention and development of chemical high-pressure methods, Gerhard Domach in 1939 for the discovery of the antibacterial effects of Prontosil. I don't know what any of that means. All I know is you get the whole point is that they're into pharmaceuticals and petrochemicals. Again, one of the biggest... One of the biggest, you know, we're, we're not hearing about it right now because they are in control of the world. They are the cause of many wars, which is the, um, the, uh, the gas companies, the, the uh, petroleum companies. We're not trying to get rid of them. In fact, people are pissed off about this war in Russia about gas prices when, as I said before, there's no need for gasoline. We have diesel engines which run on uh, vegetable oil. So we could be completely self-sufficient. I mean, whatever whatever chemicals it would create, I don't know. It, it would be less than gasoline, but it would still create smog and all kinds of other things because you're still burning uh, vegetable oil. But the idea that we need gasoline in order to run our cars is nonsense. We need, uh, all we need is vegetable oil. But what's interesting is that in many countries around the world, it's against the law to use vegetable oil, even, you know, even if you get, uh, you know, used French fry oil from McDonald's, even if you got that and, and could pour it into your, after filtering it, pouring it into your car and having your car run on it, which it does perfectly, if you have a diesel engine, of course, it runs perfectly on it, even though if you did that, there are many countries that won't allow you to, it's against the law that you have to pay taxes. So this whole idea that that you know, oh my God, the gas, you know, this war and the government is, you know, it's nonsense. If you if people really gave a crap about gas prices, they would get a you know a diesel engine, which you can go to, you can go get an Audi right now. I don't know who else does it. They made some adjustments to it, I think, a decade or two ago to make it difficult or impossible to use vegetable oil. But the pre, you know, you know, nineteen eighties. Uh, diesel engines work and some of the new ones the brand new ones work you can pour you know corn oil uh, peanut oil directly into your gas tank and your car will run if you have a diesel engine so this whole nonsense about we need gasoline in order to run the world and we you know oh my god biden is destroying the world because of blah you know don't, biden is destroying the world but not because of that so the the um the Petroleum interest, which is in the trillions of dollars, they are actually, you know, the same conglomerate. So those of you who, you know, believe this nonsense that we are not, uh, we're not creating human-caused global warming, you have bought into one of the Nazi disinformation campaigns. 
So all of the, you know, the right, the great thing about the right wing Republican Party is that it's anti-mandate, which is great, but it's pro-petroleum. Uh, and, um, you know, you don't see any right-wing Republican saying, hey, why don't we just stop this whole petroleum nonsense anyway? It's, you know, there's no point in going and fighting over it. We have this huge farmland in the United States. We can just grow lots of corn oil and, uh, and other vegetable oils, and we don't need gasoline. No, you won't ever see that happen. And of course, there's there's electric and there's nuclear and uh, all kinds of other things that we don't have to, you know, this whole this whole nonsense that we need gasoline is is a Nazi misinformation campaign. And they're not they're not you're not hearing about it because there's we're all addicted to it. I mean, I have a gasoline powered car out in my driveway. I don't I'm too lazy to go out and do what I just said. <laughs> you know, um, it's too much work for me to go and get. Uh, vegetable oil and go get a 1980s diesel engine and all I, 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 to be honest and I'm just telling you that's that was the whole point and it's worked they haven't accomplished that completely with the vaccines yet and that's why they're still targeting um, non-vaccinated and why they're still continuing to promote this fake uh, pandemic anyway let's get back to the subject here the real the Nazi party not the Nazi party, the actual Nazis, the national corporate socialists, as I'm going to call them. All right. So um, the company had ties in the 1920s to the liberal German People's Party and was accused by the Nazis of being an international capitalist Jewish company. Isn't that interesting? So... Um, then what happened a decade later, the IG Farben, which in the 20s was accused by the Nazis of being an international capitalist Jewish company, a decade later, they became a major Nazi party donor. And after the Nazi takeover of Germany in 1933, they became a major government contractor providing significant material for the German war effort. Throughout that decade, it purged itself of its Jewish employees. The remainder uh, Jewish employees left in 1938. They were described as, quote, the most notorious German industrial concern during the Third Reich. In the 1940s, IG Farben relied on slave labor from concentration camps, including 30,000 from Auschwitz. So here's my point. The point is, is that these, this conglomerate was about world domination. This fringe party, the Nazi party, which was you know, based on racism, um, they became a very convenient tool for them. So they magically went from being this company that had a lot of Jewish people in it. I'm sure a lot of Jewish scientists were in there. Uh, that they conveniently, in order to uh, get power, um, went along with this, uh, you know, this fear-mongering nonsense about the Jews are destroying the world, and they bought into it, so that they could then hijack the Nazi, the then ruling party, the Nazi party, and um, and well, it wasn't ruling then, but to hijack it and then use that fear, the fear of the Jews. Um, to empower themselves. It makes me wonder how many of the high-level IG Farben Jewish people just had the money and the ability to, you know, change their history, change their ethnic history, and hold on to their power. Anyway, point being is that the Nazi party, uh, you know, the one that we know of in, the, in World War II, wasn't about racism, it was about global domination, and they used the existing racist fears to fuel it, just as now they've been they've been better at it because the IG Farben didn't create the Jewish fear; they just capitalized on it. What the uh, the real Nazis now what they've done is they've actually created the they created COVID in a lab. In case you don't know that, the uh, when you look at 
the actual virus. And this is what virus deniers, they're shooting themselves in the foot because they don't realize that if they wanted to buy into the whole their whole fear-based victim mentality, they'd be a lot better off acknowledging that viruses do exist because when you look at the virus uh, genome, you find out that there are patented viral genomes that have been spliced into it. Among them are uh, HIV-producing genomes, and among them are prion-inducing genomes. You've seen on the news now, you're seeing this thing about COVID has reduced people's brain size. That's called uh, um, mad cow disease, which is caused by, by prions. And so COVID creates prions, and specifically, that is found on the one spike protein in the COVID uh, virus. That one spike protein is what was manufactured by the mRNA vaccines, except that the spike protein in the mRNA vaccines actually is better designed to create prions. Uh, I forget the guy's name who uh, the doctor who's explaining all this. And, you know, if I'm smart enough and better prepared next time, I'll let you know. OK, so um, what they've done now is instead of using an existing fear and capitalizing it, they created a virus in laboratories, released it. That virus was designed to give you AIDS, give you mad cow disease, among other things. And then they created a, magically they had on file that spike protein that, well, we just created it in a few months. We created this spike protein. You notice how they waited um, until the uh, virus had spread throughout the world and there was you know, a huge pandemic before they magically came up with the, this magical um, mRNA vaccine, which happens to have that one spike protein. They didn't use anything else because, you know, when you naturally get natural immunity, your body creates, I don't even know how many different um, things that it looks for to destroy the virus. They only use the one thing, the one thing that actually causes the biggest problems, which is that particular spike protein. So when you see on the news now, which they're, again, trying to throw fear at you, saying that people who've had COVID, you know, there's this risk of, you know, losing your, your brain because your brain is shrinking. That's called mad cow disease, brain encephalopathy. And it's from the prions that are released from the spike protein. Those of you, if you've had COVID like me, uh, if you've had Omicron, I'm also hearing that the latest evolution of the virus, actually it has uh, evolved those things out of it. So it was really the initial um, COVID uh, virus that was released, but the later variants, those things have um, been naturally selected out because they don't serve the virus's survival. They're only a delivery system. So the, the, the vaccine is a delivery system for this prion-inducing spike protein. And uh, the original COVID was also a delivery system for that and worked together. You know, the, the vaccine, as you know, creates millions or billions of those spike proteins. So it's even more, you know, if you get COVID and survive, you'll be okay. But, you know, we look back, that's what they're talking about. When they're talking about people who had COVID and they're talking about people with earlier versions of COVID, not from the latest ones. These people are showing um, reduced brain size. That's called encephalopathy from having the spike proteins in your brain. And the delivery system for the mRNA vaccine, one of the other things that makes it so dangerous is that it used lipid nanoparticles and graphene oxide, which is small enough to get through the blood-brain barrier. And they say, well, that's how we have to get it into the cell to create the so that the cell will then become a, a spike protein factory. And then your body's going to then, um, you know, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I, I didn't want to get into that. It just doesn't make any sense. You're, you're turning your, uh, this is what I said when I first looked at it and I first came to the realization that I didn't want it. And I was talking to my group of people that I um, work with and a couple of them were pro-vaccine. And I was saying, it doesn't make any sense. 
you're going to turn your body into a spike protein factory. That's not, uh, that, that's not what vaccines are supposed to do. This doesn't make any sense. And, you know, a couple people had to leave because they couldn't tolerate somebody pointing that out to them. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that the real Nazis um, are still around and they are the global corporations and they have their roots in uh, the uh, medical industry, in the pharmaceutical industry, as well as in the uh, petroleum industry. Anyway. So let's see, uh, the companies had, to, let's see, I talked about that. So in the 1940s, the company relied on slave labor from concentration camps, including 30,000 from Auschwitz. And it was involved in medical experiments on inmates at both Auschwitz and Mauthausen concentration camp. One of its subsidiaries supplied poison gas, Zyklon B, that killed over 1 million people in gas chambers during the Holocaust. As it turns out, Zyklon B was an experiment for chemotherapy. So those people who've benefited from chemotherapy, which of course is huge money for the, uh, the drug companies, is came from Zyklon B. Zyklon B was an experiment. So it fit in well with Hitler's uh, extermination policy based on race, but IG Farben wanted to experiment with Zyklon B because they were experimenting with what would later become chemotherapy. Uh, the Allies seized IG Farben at the end of the war in 1945 and the U.S. authorities put its directors on trial. Held from 1947 to 1948 as one of the subsequent Nuremberg trials, the IG Farben trial saw 23 IG Farben directors tried for war crimes and 13 convicted, many of them uh, serving little or no time. By 1951, all had been released. So between 1948 and 1951, all of them had been released. They were convicted of crimes against humanity, of murdering, experimenting on people, and uh, all of them, in three years had been released. Um, John J. McCloy uh, had been released by the High Commissioner for Germany, John J. McCloy. What remained of IG Farben in the West was split in 1951 into six constituent companies, then again into three BASF, Bayer, and Hoekst. These companies continued to operate as an informal cartel and played a major role in Western German Wirtschaftwunder. Following several later mergers, and the main the main successor companies are Agfa, BAS, Bayer, and Sanofi. Um, so there's a lot of other things. I'll let you go and research IG Farben, but they are still running the world. There's other stuff uh, that I'm I don't have enough information to get into, which is that um, Germany never actually surrendered. Germany never actually surrendered, uh, and there never was a peace treaty, and um, all kinds of other weird things which lead you to believe that World War II is still going on right now to this day. All right, so let me get on to the rest of my notes. I could talk more about these guys, but I won't. Um, Queensland, Australia, where I lived, one of the reasons that I got out is that there are two COVID concentration camps there. There are other concentration camps in Australia and other parts of the country that you've heard about. The one in northern Australia is notorious um, for rounding up people just for being suspected close contacts. You know, you could be completely COVID free. Um, but if you were a close contact of somebody that had COVID, they'd round you up and put you in a concentration camp. And it's, it is an armed camp. You can't leave your, uh, your little room uh, and you, you there are armed guards and um, people like that who uh, won't let you leave. If I were allowed back into Australia as an unvaccinated person, I would be taken to a armed concentration camp. Just to give you an idea that this is still going on there. Um, uh, by the way, these, one of these concentration camps is federally funded and uh, the other one is privately funded. 
which is very interesting. And I don't know all the details about that, but it's very suspicious. Everybody in, in Australia is vaccinated. What's the point of these things? Um, anyway, uh, but if I were, if they let me off the plane in uh, uh, Queensland, Australia, I would be hauled off and put into a concentration camp simply because I am unvaccinated, regardless of the fact that I have, I'm completely immune to COVID and I don't have COVID. That wouldn't matter. Even if I tested completely COVID free and I could prove to them if they were to look in my blood and see all of the, um, all of the antibodies that I have to you know, protect me from COVID, that wouldn't be enough. I would need to be vaccinated. Um, so recently, an Australian family was able to secure getting refugee status for their relatives in Ukraine. They have Ukrainian uh, family members who were uh, escaping the war. And so they were able to secure refugee status and come to Australia, except for the fact that the moment that they dis disembarked off the plane in Queensland, these Ukrainians who did not speak English and were not provided with an interpreter, were then hauled off by, uh, I don't know, whoever the heck it was, um, and taken to a concentration camp. And they, because they didn't speak English, they thought they had been captured by the Russians. They thought that they were being held prisoner. When they got there, because of the time that their flight landed, they were put into their cells, which, you know, looked like little tiny hotel rooms um, on with, you know, out in the middle of nowhere um, in, um, you know, uh, temporary. What are those things? Those, you know, um, you know, those those temporary put together, you know, it's kind of the stuff that we had as kids, you know, in, in school. The part of the school where that wasn't built and they would bring in these. What's the word anyway? Anyway, maybe I do have COVID brain. Anyway, so these people were put into their little cell and because of the time of night that they were there, they weren't allowed to eat. So they, you know, had to had to not eat all night because, you know, it was too late. So they they locked them up and didn't provide them any food and they didn't provide them with any um, with any translation. They didn't give them access to their family. They didn't know what the heck was going on. So um, if I were, by the way, if I were to be put in one of these concentration camps because I'm a foreigner, I would have to pay for the privilege. I would have to pay, I don't know how much, a couple thousand dollars, something like that, for them to hold me captive and to you know, have them you know, feed me whatever it is they're going to feed me and not let me leave. You know, it's, it's really, it is, it's, it's, it's a concentration camp. But um, that means that everybody who goes there, somebody's paying for that. So either it's the Australian government, um, or in, in my case, I'm paying. So these concentration camps are for-profit camps. They're designed to make people money. In Queensland, as I said, that one is, was privately constructed um, behind the scenes. They still haven't, the Queensland government has still not revealed how much it cost them to the federal government. So they're in a fight with the federal government over this um, because the federal government uh, already created one and they made another one because they made a deal with some big Queensland businessman who created. So the point being is that this is a for-profit thing, just like in the United States, the prisons are for-profit businesses, which is why there's so many people. And who do they get? They get the poor, which happen to be mostly african-american and it's not a racial thing it's a poverty thing it's about the these are the these are the people that have the least power and the least money and so these are the people that we incarcerate these are the people that we provide drugs to these are the people that we um you know the poor it's not about race it's about those who don't have power and in this society now the people who uh, if this society continues to go in this way the people who will not have power will be the unvaccinated, and those will be the people who will be the slave labor, and those will be the people who the government will make money by imprisoning them. It's a big business. Anyway, so um, here's the last thing I'll say about this. So, you know, YouTube likes to censor things, 
and they have this policy of censoring anybody who speaks uh, any pro-Nazi, neo-Nazi propaganda. Now, I'm not a fan of any neo-Nazi, pro-Nazi anything, so I personally uh, like seeing these guys get shut down, except for the fact that it's not helpful. Shutting down anybody and limiting free speech, even if it's a bunch of idiots that are, you know, deserve to be, you know, censored. Um, it's not good. It's not good for freedom. It's not good for society. It's not good for dialogue. Um, but YouTube uh, is censoring these guys, except when it comes to Ukrainian rebels. So as you know, the media is really anti-Russia. All of a sudden, the media is anti-Russia now. And it's anti, you know, it's pro-Ukrainian. And again, I don't know what's going on in Ukraine. I can only imagine there are a lot of innocent people being hurt. I do know there's been a huge amount of fake news um, saying that Russian troops have been slaughtering and massacring when in reality they've been doing the opposite. They've been taking um, citizens and uh, feeding them and protecting them and sending them to safe places um, and doing the opposite of what they've said. Uh, what they've been accused of doing. There's been pictures of bombings that weren't, um, had nothing to do with this, that came from video games, that came from other wars. So there's been, again, more of this fake news in the mainstream media. As I've said before, um, Ukraine is, used to be part of Russia and used to be part of the Soviet Union. And it was uh, a matter of convenience that Ukraine was split from Russia. And then since that time of the decade since has created its own identity and politics and business and all kinds of other things. So there's now, you know, some real schism. But the truth of the matter is, is that uh, Ukraine is the birthplace of the Russian people. In fact, the first Russians were called the Kiev Rus. So the capital of Ukraine is the city where the first Russians, actually the society of Russians were created from the Viking incursion into uh, the hinterlands of the Slavic uh, tribal kingdoms. So it's nonsense, you know, you know first off, you know, this I, Ukrainian language, the, the Russian language are basically identical. They are the same language. They've just, you know, it's it's almost like the difference between, um, you know, maybe King James English and modern English. You know, even less than that. There's less difference between that. It's the same language. It's the same culture. It's the same people. And um, Russia is not part of NATO. Again, I'm not a fan of Putin, and I'm not here to tell you all the horrible things that I'm sure that he does to his people, um, but um, the Russian people have a strong connection to that land of Ukraine. And it has been the West that has been seeking to make Ukraine part of NATO. And if that happens, then that means not only is the Russian homeland, um, which you know they used to be friendly with, is would now be part of the Western uh, military alliance, but they would then have NATO troops, Western troops, uh, American troops, possibly right on their border. They could be uh, have uh, missiles pointed right at Moscow from you know Ukraine because Ukraine is pretty big. So if if Ukraine becomes Western European NATO allied. That means that Russia has this, has you know, the border between them and the West has just shrunk considerably. And so Ukraine is this great buffer uh, for them. So you've got all this stuff going on that you're not hearing about. So that's why it's so interesting that uh, YouTube is anti-Nazi anything until these Nazis in Ukraine, because they're a rebel, I don't, I forget their name, but it's a rebel uh, organization that is pro-Nazi, who happens to be fighting uh, a rebellious, you know, uh, war against Russia. 
And so these guys are now, first they were banned on YouTube because they were pro-Nazi, and now they're unbanned, and they're allowed to give videos and to speak because they are pro-Western democracy. So you're not being told the truth by any of it, and again, I'm just using YouTube as a new Nazi, you know, the real Nazis. The real Nazis are the global socialist uh, th that are seeking to take over the world, the, as I call them now, the corporatocracy. Anyway, so uh, what we're going to see now, again, I want you to think about the what the, the Nazi party did to Jews and minorities in their sphere of influence. And I want you now to realize that the new Jews and ethnic in, you know, the inferiors are the unvaccinated. So um, I'm here in uh, Florida, which means that I don't have to deal with any of that nonsense. There's still a lot of vaccinated people, but I don't have to be limited by any of that. But if I lived somewhere else, if I lived in California, if I lived in Oregon, Washington, uh, Washington State, Washington, D.C., New York City, then um, I would be part of the dirty people that you know, people uh, talk about on mainstream media as well as in society. People are ostracized and uh, limited in all kinds of hor horrible ways. And this is the new Nazi attack on people. The way the new experimentation is being done on the average person who gets these vaccines, which create prions, which go and create brain encephalopathy, as well as uh, all kinds of other horrible things. And um, these, you know, the, this, the experimentations that were going on in World War II never stopped. The Nazis that did experiments on human beings are now being done on the average person instead of just on the, the Jewish people. And the people, again, who are being targeted, the, the new class of people that they're going to want to put in concentration camps and gulags and in ghettos are going to be the unvaccinated if we let them. So we'll see how far the, uh, the arm of censorship goes because we'll see if this podcast even gets up. So that's it. This is... Mahadeva the Thunder Wizard. If you want to support this work and want to keep me on the air, go to thunderwizard.com and subscribe. You can, there are multiple levels of subscription. It's inexpensive and you will, it's not just you supporting me. You actually get access to thousands of hours of teaching and video. Um, I am the only person on the planet in history to teach this unified uh, energy system, which uses uh, chi, kundalini, and the lightning power of the heart, which up until now, the lightning power of the heart has never been called the shin, has never been taught publicly. I'm the first person in history to do it at this level. If you like what I'm doing here, go and subscribe. You can also go to courses.thunderwizard.com, C-O-U-R-S-E-S.thunderwizard.com, and you can subscribe uh, uh, sorry, you can go and see all the things that I, all of my books and all of the other services um, that I have. And of course, go to the YouTube channel, thunderwizard.com, thunderwizard, D-O-T-C-O-M, on YouTube and subscribe there. Odyssey as well, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com is my mirror site. Go and subscribe. I have a, a something on BitChute. And um, wherever you see my podcast, I refuse to be silenced. And... Um, Resistance is not futile, my friends. Okay, that's it for me. Um, I will talk to you guys next time. Let's see. Do we want to end with a with a fancy little outro? Let's let's end with an outro here. Same one. All right. So, no, that's not what I want. Never mind. I'm I'm uh, working on all this stuff. We'll have more fancy edited stuff later. All right. That's it for now. Talk to you guys later.